We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent Property Management. We place good tents and collect your rent. Retain your properties and account for it. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It ain't easy. You're the one, you're the man. Yeah! Here's the truth. Early to bed now. Early to rise, yeah. Go get that worm and never compromise. Big truth. Takes more than you think, but not more than you got. Just tell yourself, son, this is your shot. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. Travis, it's worth it. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It ain't easy. You're the one, you're the man. Yeah, big truth. There it is, Travis. Ow! Travis Castle, Joe Watkins here, and I have no idea what we're talking about because Travis didn't tell me. And here it is. What is First it? First time Joe doesn't know. Man, I like that. Right now, I kind of want to savor it. I feel a little powerful. Mm. I know, and you don't know. I have no clue. I know something that I know you don't know. Yeah. And yeah. That, <laughs> that is what we're actually going to talk about today. So what we're going to talk about today, we, we spend a lot of time talking about business-related matters. And, you know, business and life, these are, you know, business can be a metaphor for a lot of personal things, too, that, that we go through and we end up talking about. But today, I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart as a, dare I say, Joe, middle-aged man. I think you've, I think you've corrected this before, as, you're mm. apt, as you are apt to do with me. <laughs> I think you have corrected me. Now, if I live to be... What I said was... If I live to be 93. Then you're middle-aged. Well, I mean... Otherwise... You, what are you saying? The big truth is you're on the back side. You're on the other side of middle-aged. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. You're middle plus. Thank you for correcting. All right. All right. So, but having said all that, what happens to um, us middle-aged guys, you know? I mean, so I'm listening to this book by Peter Drucker. I like to say the author's name because I feel like somehow that identifies me with Peter Drucker, which is the greatest management mind of the 20th century, mm. pretty much without a doubt, right? Mm. He wrote a little book called Managing Oneself. I'm mm. going to highly recommend that. This is one of those books, we talk about the truth, a hundred years from now, it'll be relevant. So it doesn't matter that's an older book. It's completely it, it, relevant. Is that the title of the show? Managing oneself. I don't really want to go there, but I want to take something that he said here. Here's the title of the show. You ready? Yeah, man. Let's go. Act two. Act two? So I think we're in act two right now of, of, our, of our professional lives. Ooh. We're in act two, fully in act two. So act one was spent, you know, fill in the blank for everybody. For me, it was spent trying a few different careers out, a few different hats out, figuring out what I did good, which this is actually a big part of his book is more know yourself. And I thought that was pretty cool is he's got some ideas on, Hey, how do you, how do you actually know what you're good at? Know who, which that applies to young people too. But 
it, that sort of evolves sometimes what we're good at. We're not necessarily good in our 40s. We might be better at something than we were in our 20s, which might dictate act two here. So not only thinking of it in terms of your business, how has your business matured into act two, but, you know, personally also. So I thought we'd spend a little bit of time. This one's for the old guys is what I'm saying. Here's what I think about when you say act two. I think that act one typically sets up act two. Act one is the precursor to the real story, right? It prepares you in a lot of ways. It, it, it rising, it rises up the climax of the story. Yeah. The climax is in act two. Act three, we're pulling off the climax. We're, we're resolving things. Right, right. So, I mean, we're, so what you're saying is we're in the climax. That's one thing I'm, I'm hearing. I mean, I'm a little uncomfortable with that word. <laughs> and, and with just you and me being in the basement, <laughs> you, you continually using that word. But I, I think I know what you're talking All right, about. So that, that, yeah. that, that's one thing I, I yeah. think. There's another thing I think. I think that we know that hindsight's 2020. Right. What if foresight was 2020? Ooh. What if you're in Act One and you had 2020 vision for the future? Mm. We know that hindsight is. So we know in Act Two that we do get to look back at Act One and go, "Golly, if it, if, if foresight was 2020, what would it be?" So the reason why I listen to the podcast is because we are giving you the foresight 2020 because we're in act two and you might not be. So, so, so we're able to peer into the future a little bit. I agree. I, I think act two, we've got a lot more. Look, act one's pretty scary. You and I are raising teenage kids that have just graduated high school. And man, what a time to be in this world trying to figure it out and having 10 million different voices in your head. Everybody, I mean, it's 24 seven, you're, that space in your head's occupied more than it ever has been, right? So now look, that's true for us. We're dealing with that as guys in our 40s too. You know, we all we always put that on the kids, but man, I can't get away from podcasts and from YouTube and from different thoughts. But here's something I grab onto. I do have, you know, 25 years of working experience here to figure out, as you're saying, to look back on and go, well, what, what has this produced? What's the data here? And based on that, based on that, now I can make a recipe for Act 2. So to me today, this is about the promise of Act 2, honestly. Now look, one of the points that Drucker makes in the book that I think is kind of cool is Act 2, I mean, if you don't own a small business, it isn't necessarily just No, most of what that. we talk about translates to life. To, to anything. But yeah. one, one of the things he talks about, sometimes Act 2 is so much more rewarding because you have figured out this idea of this is this is my skill set. This is what I'm good at. I'm going to double down in Act 2 on this part of me. And instead of trying, matter of fact, he takes the position of there's a lot of time wasted on not being good at something. And he also talks about employees within a business, too, and hiring people and trying to bring them up to the, the highest level they can be, but they're starting from not real good. They're out of their skill set, in other words. And that highest level ends up being very mediocre. Man, more things, more thoughts come to mind. No. Especially, I know we've got, um, because I, I talked to him, we've got some, some younger listeners that just really appreciate the podcast. And it just makes me think about them here, that if, if you could recognize sooner in your life and career 
what you're actually good at mm. and what you really want to do. And you could couple those together. But let's start with what you're good at because what you're good at is much more likely to become what you want to do. Mm. Because we don't like to do things that are hard, that, that, that just are an uphill battle no matter how hard we try, right? And so what we do in Act 1 is we dupe ourselves quite often. We lie to ourselves quite often about who we are and what we're capable of. and what we're getting. In fact, we've been told by our parents and by previous generations our whole life that we can be and do anything we want to be. That's the great lie. Well, that's a lie. Um, you know, not to be a, a squasher here, you can do a lot of things. You've got some directions. There's not going to be a ton of things in life that you're going to do well and enjoy at the same time. Right. And so I think if anything, the young people need to think about this podcast in, in that, in that perspective, that if you could, if you could take what we're saying and go, how can I, I pull from that to discover sooner who I am and what I'm good at. Gosh, Things will catapult. So I'm, I'm going to get off a, a little bit on a tangent here, but but it's it's in that ballpark of right around our age, we lose with our kids, we lose a little bit of um, what do you call it here? Uh, not our mojo, our, our authority in terms of speaking into their lives. So here here's something I would say in terms of young people figuring it out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to listen to your parents mm. in terms of your strengths and weaknesses. And in fact, maybe it's hard for your parents to actually mm. give you, maybe their perspective is actually skewed on it. It probably is to some degree. Yeah, I mean, so I, mean, I can't really put it on both on either party, but, you know, this is your life, you know, if you're, if you're a young guy listening to it. So if you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to separate, what would I love to do? You know, like me, you know, of course, you know, Dallas Cowboy quarterback. What, what would I love to do versus what is actually, what, what am I good at? A lot of times, I think that does take a third party. Oh, without question, and, and that is the the fact that they're listening to this podcast is is a good start. Good for them, sign, right? Yeah, I wasn't listening to the podcast at twenty no. years old, right? Um, so absolutely, and and we're going to keep coming back to this theme. At least I am. We we name this the big truths of small business, but I want to focus on the big truths. We talk about. I mean, our whole philosophy here of doing this is to is to is to hold up the goal of seeking truth. And so if you're a young person and, and you want to be real, let's seek the truth about who you are and what you're good at. And let's, and let's, let's double down on some of that stuff. And uh, listen, I mean, I may have, I look back and I go, I may have done some of that better than most, but I, but I didn't think about it in those, in those terms. If I had actually sought that, how much earlier would I have have I real, uh, realized the, the, the what I'm good at? Well, as a, as a young person, I think some of the mistakes that, that that they could make here. We've talked about this on another broadcast. It had to do. We were talking about the. Uh, we weren't actually talking about the Michael Jordan documentary that everybody's been been talking about. Well, I think we mentioned Jordan as an example. We were using athletes as uh, people or celebrities that young people see. These are the most visible people in society. Still, young people look at that and they see certain characteristics of their personality. And they begin thinking that th those are the characteristics that made them highly successful. The point you made was, and, and in fact, if you did see any, I didn't see all of it. I saw a few of the, the, the Jordan, uh, the Chicago Bulls documentary. But what you keep hearing from the people that knew the, those guys back in the day before they were, you know, had blown up, 
This guy was in the gym at six in the morning. This guy left after, I mean, you got to hear the things that actually made them who they are. And it wasn't the over the top personality. It wasn't this ridiculous arrogance or whatever you may perceive. It was the humility to know I'm, I'm talented. I have a gift. And that's going to be wasted if I don't work really hard with it. Yeah, and 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 they developed a gift in a direction that they were that they were capable of performing at a high level. I mean, you know, Jordan didn't go develop the gift of golf. He didn't he didn't, he didn't take his physical wherewithal yeah. and apply it in golf. Now he he loves even golf. Though he loved golf. He right? loves golf. Yeah. But have you ever watched Jordan play golf? It's not much to see. Yeah. No, so. He, it is about choosing the path um, that, that that really works for who you are. Now, this is not to limit. This is not an attempt to limit you know anyone's future. That's right. It's an attempt to actually maximize their future. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, listen, Alex, you're listening to this uh, broadcast, and I appreciate your, your what up, your, Alex? Yeah, man, buddy. I you know I appreciate you because I look I like how you're thinking. I like how you're doing it, and um, you know, I, I, it's it's incumbent upon you. To, to seek truth in your deal. And, and it's also come upon you to, to, to absolutely blow our broadcast out to your <laughs> age group. Like subscribe. Yeah. Like subscribe and Follow. push it out on your, on your, on your social media. But I do appreciate you. And, and this, this is, you know, aimed at your generation, you know, quite a bit. And uh, so act two, get back to it. I, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, so I think we've kind of, you know, went through the ingredients that all of us go through you know, you, you graduate high school, you start trying to figure it out. It's unlikely, by the way, young people, you're going to figure it out very early. So let's take a little pressure off, okay? It's very unlikely. You're probably not six foot eight and uh, dunking, you know, 360, you know, dunk on basketball. And so, you know, some things are obviously more apparent than others. So it takes a little work sometimes. Sometimes you do have to get in situations where you just really are horrible and, and you begin to realize that. You, no matter how hard you work, again, kind of like Drucker says, you might end up marginal at best. And you, so that, that's income, but you can't get away from the individual responsibility there. But once you've worked through that, you've had some successes, you've had some failures, chances are you probably had more successes, frankly, at this point in your life than failures. Then that's, that's the data that I think we're looking at now, you and me both. I mean, you and, we had a conversation last week. For those of you that don't know, Joe and I spend the first half of podcast day on our business for the most part. And, and directional changes and basically, you know, hey, here's what's happened over the last week. Here's changes I think we need to make or what have you, things we need to double down on. And, you know, just getting, getting real about the data. So I think I would take the data of our business and of our 20 plus years, and I would begin looking towards the future really with excitement here, because now we can begin to say, what are we actually good at and what can we actually do. And you and I have very much, I think, in our business, I don't know our business is that different than a lot of people's. We've put our finger on the one part of our business, not our hopes and dreams with our business. I mean, Joe and I are the type of guys that, man, I wish our business was a Ritz-Carlton, $500-a-night hotel room with just white glove service from start to finish. Or even more simple than that, Travis, I wish that our business was a Krispy Kreme donut that just by the very nature of putting mm. that thing hot in my mouth, mm. I have fallen in love. Oh. What, have I, we, what have we found out I've after never, all that? I don't think I've ever had a customer in my business ever <laughs> have a Krispy Kreme experience. Oh, that hurts. Because 
That's emotional. That hurts. Yeah, I know. But uh, hey, it's not the best we're in, Travis. We got, we got to be real. We got what we're in. So we got super real about it. And look, you know, taking care of the customer. And uh, you know, in fact, I kind of brought up this phrase the other day with Joe after listening to uh, uh, a guy that I tend to agree with is, you know, how do you fall in love with your customer? I mean, are we, and when we talk about who's, who's the, you know, the first thing the marketing guy asked me and Joe, every time we get pitched, Hey Joe, who is your ideal cut? Tell me, Joe, tell me who's your ideal customer. God, what a, <laughs> what a tough question. Well, if you're the mark, Travis, cause again, I'm not giving you all the answers cause you're the marketing guy. I'm the marketing guy. Um, my ideal customer, Travis is, is the guy that's, willing to pay me for my services i you know i don't know you're you're the marketing guy tell me you're my customer <laughs> if the guy wants property management he's willing to pay me he's my customer travis so so you know we we we, <laughs> we we have said that to the marketing guy we've laughed at him and we've cursed at him and we've we've but you know at the end of the day i think what we're finding out is you do have to circle a very small target with most businesses you yeah, do. Given the fact that we're not, you know, 500 locations and, and, and uh, a thousand commercials on the radio and TV, and we're, we're doing some mass experience, we're doing a very niche experience. So, I mean, it really is incumbent on us to figure out who our customer is, kind of fall in love with. So, act two to me, one of the reasons I bring that up, it's much more clear to me who that is in our business. Who is it, Travis? Would you like to hear who that is? <laughs> Please enlighten me. Uh. I'm still in act one, one and a half. <laughs> Well, when we say fall, so, so here's the thing. Um, you can't fall in love with somebody you don't like. This is tough. Okay, so, so there's been parts of our business that if your business is really tough day in, day out, my guess is you're serving a customer. Now, let's be real quiet when we say it. Let's don't say it too loud that you don't like. You don't like that guy. And you're having to serve a guy that you don't like. That's not a good existence. Like, like that's a tough life. You know, that's, that, that's a makeup for a lot of anxiety, in my opinion. Yeah, it creates, it creates some, some conflict there that may, maybe is, is precluding you from getting to your, your real goal here. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're kind of speaking different languages. You know, um, you think you're making him happy. He's not happy at all, you know, because he's seeing it from a different perspective. Well, so that reminds me of any business that, that gets in a, in a rhythm they've probably have circled their customer very exclusively and then how to get to it. And, and what they know is, is that, and it's not all industry specific because obviously, you know, one industry can target the shoe, the shoe industry targets the guy who'll spend, you know, four or $500 to a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes. It targets a a $200 shoe, a $150 tennis shoe. There's also a $19.99 shoe at Walmart. So, you know, the industry doesn't necessarily choose the target, right? Um, uh, You have to choose your target in your business. And, and, uh, and you do have to evaluate your strengths, your people, your geography. Uh, So many factors when you decide that this is my target, don't go to a community where, the population group is 250 and the average income is $26,000 a year and go put a, a, a $20, uh, you know, crab cake company, you know, selling to the public there. It's not going to work. So I, mean, I think that's act two. 
And that, that was an extreme example, obviously. But to paint the picture right. that you got to get some clarity around this. Well, I think for a lot of people, counter to kind of the uh, very American dream sort of thing that we think about when we hear that term American dream, counter to that, Act 2 may be about, for a lot of people, doing less business. It could be. I mean, how's that? I mean, how, how about doing less revenue? How about doing less business? But how about circling that customer? More profitable revenue. Falling in love with that customer. Margins go up. More profitable revenue. You understand them, they understand you. Fewer employees to manage that customer because he's much more, or she's much more manageable uh, because they're speaking the same language. So I think Act 2 produces that way of thinking more Absolutely. Than, than Act 1 does. I think that's what you're talking about because... To that point, the the idea that growing a bigger business is always the goal, it's really a, a false narrative as well. It's a lie. So, you know, I, th- this is the conversation I've been having with with the people I care most about lately. Part of making that circle in business or circle in life or circle in anything you're trying to accomplish is not falling prey to uh, a goal that's not your real goal. Let me give you an example. So, you know, you ask somebody off the cuff, hey, what's the number one priority in your business? Um, you will very often not have a real answer. Right. Okay. Or what, what income, what, what's your financial goal in business? Okay. You know, and I like to ask that question because, what I often find is people are not, and actually statistical data shows that people are not actually motivated by money. It is in the, in the hierarchy of priority among people that work. It's, 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 a, it's among round between 7 and 10 in priority. Now think about that. But when you talk to people in business, what is held up often is money. You know, I want to get to six figures. I want to get to a millionaire. I want to get whatever, whatever the number is. And so my discussions around uh, the people closest to me are re- remove the dollars and cents away from this right now. And, 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 and how you circle your customer is you've got to figure out what, what lifestyle you want to lead, what philosophically is important to you. You're not, you're not going to, if, if you put dollar above all, then you're going to do immoral things. And you're going to treat the customer poorly, and you're going to steal from them and not not deliver to them to meet your goal of making money. So that can't be the number one goal. And so I think you know who you are, how you want to how you want to feel in your daily business, how you want to contribute, what kind of time do you want to buy in, by being a small business owner versus an employee. Mm-hmm. You know, I think these are the real. You know, I want to be at more of my kids' ball games. You know, so I'm I'm doing my own thing. So I can get more time. Well, and I think it's okay, but I think we lie to ourselves oftentimes in small business that, well, I mean, it's, it's about the money. It's about the growth. It's about the money. Define what you're really trying to accomplish, and then you can start creating some really tight circles around where you're going. Well, I think that's what Act 2 lends itself towards because you've, frankly, you've probably made a lot of those mistakes in Act 1. You know, you've probably sacrificed. Got my hand held up. Yeah, man, me too. I mean, you've probably sacrificed time you'll never get back. Things you regret. Hey, but here's something I would say, too, to the guys that are, again, our age. You're in your 40s, 50s. You're small business guys. You're 20-plus years into this thing or 10-plus years into this thing. Is Burnout is a real thing here. 
And, and if, it, if it's just, in, in fact, I would say if it's just about the money, burnout is all, almost, almost inevitable uh, with what, what we're talking about. So act two to me is reorganizing this in your mind for a new goal. Now, look, I'm not saying money's not the goal or to go out and hit a home run or to start that new product or that division. You're going to kill it. That's great. If, that, if that's what's energizing act two, more power to you. That's awesome. But, but a lot of the guys I meet, a lot of the guys we talk to, there's sort of a, when it comes to their small business, when it comes to their life, there's sort of a little bit of angst around, hey, maybe I've plateaued. Maybe my best years are behind me here. And I think act two, the message I would leave with people is, I think it's a, like we started out with, it's a reorganizing of goals. Don't minimize your influence over your friends and family. Small business guys who have been in business 20 years, your sphere of influence is very likely much stronger than you think it is. Mm. You're seen by your, your, your peers, the folks you go to church with, other guys, other families. You're seen as the successful business guy who does whatever. Mm. So I would just challenge you over the next 20 years of your business or your life, if you're getting out of the business, whatever it is, there's an act too. I don't care if it's a nonprofit. I don't care if it's just uh, you know, pouring into your family or kids, but that goal that made you successful, that got you here, that in fact, the thing that pushed you to burn out, I'm just suggesting based on all your experience, that can be reorganized in your head and there can be an act two that's better than act one. Man, so in my simple mind that I have, I'm going to define act two like this based on based on that. Act two is influence. Act one was the chase. Now, you know, some people met their chase, so they think, right? Mm -hmm. Some people are still chasing. Mm -hmm. Some people will always chase. But, but, But act two is recognizing that you now have experiences and you have influence. And even if you didn't quite climb the mountain that you set your sights on, you can potentially help influence or teach the guy that does. Mm. That's right. And, 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 and what we know is that, that pouring into someone else and seeing them achieve is, is, is quite possibly way more rewarding than getting to the top of the mountain yourself. Absolutely. Like that. Wow, that, that's great, Travis. I didn't know it was going there. But like that, act two for me, without defining it that way, is is now being, it's what it's what we've been talking about getting to. It's what we've been talking about. And, and to your point there, it actually adds a lot of, your failures, whatever they may be, again, remember, you're probably more intimate with them than any, you probably think about them more than anybody, by the way. But whatever it may be, become much more meaningful when you're helping somebody that's in act one, Mm. that you actually have meaning now behind those. It's not just an abject failure of yours. It's something for somebody to learn from. And then their victory is your victory over here in act two. Maybe that's what act two is. I'm 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 going to, we're going to do an act two uh, second podcast, Um, but we're going to wrap this up like this in the spirit of act two. Mm. We got a hard deadline to go play golf. Today. Oh, tea time! And 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 this this podcast that's normally fifty minutes, 
ain't trumping oh, it. Oh, hey, that's okay? act two for you, Travis baby. got here late today, so we couldn't what? get the 50 minutes in. But that's okay, because act two is prevailing. Act two, baby. But in the spirit, here's what I'm going to leave you with in the spirit of act two. As we, as we roll into next week's continuation of act two, I think there's something here. I think we may need to, we need to call out and see if we can get Randy Dodd on the podcast. Mm. Randy Dodd. Uh, because what this all has reminded me of is if we're to use Act 1 as a, a, as a documentary mm. of influence, you know, we've talked about that this podcast for us is part of our Act 2 giving back, right? Is. This is part of it. This is it. It is. Much like the book of Proverbs. Ooh, just tease it now. You got to tease it. Can't give Mu- all up. I won't. Much like the book of Proverbs for Solomon that he wrote and gave to his kids. Preach it, Joe. Okay. It is, he took Act 1, which is full of mm. greed, <laughs> full of mischief, full of power, full of, of chasing, full of women, God did give him wisdom, and he he left Proverbs for his, who knows how many hundreds of children. Mm, you know, some ugly stuff in his in oh, his yeah, deal. It's a real deal. But in Act Two, he gave Proverbs, and uh, and that's and, and I and think we're, and we're still learning from that today, two thousand years later. Thousands. So yeah. so I think Act Two is what is our Proverbs to to the next generation. And that needs to be the continuation next week. All right, guys. Till next time. Till next time, you need to hear. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent, Yes I Rent, Yes I Rent Property Management. Replace good tenants and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truth, we got the truth. We got the truths. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent. Come back next week. Thanks, guys.